What's happening, weirdos? Indeed. Coming at you with new mics. New mics. New voice for some of us. Valerie. Me. What Valerie if I had, Ann. What if I had come out of my polyp surgery and I sounded like... What's up, <laughs> Like Bernadette Peters. I don't know who that is. She's from The Jerk. She's in The Jerk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, big daddy. Oh, big daddy. That was one of the things I started to say that got cut off in the episode you're about to listen to. Which is when girls are always like comedy sexy. It's just like, no, that's just sexy. Like, we all just think that's sexy. When we're like, oops, a whoopsie, my boobies are out. We're like, your boobies are still out. Like, it doesn't change it because you went oopsie doopsie. Like, burlesque isn't like kitschy to us. <laughs> okay, maybe it is. Maybe it is to some of us. But if you're in the horn zone, that's just a, uh, that's just a, uh, okay, forget it. <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to the show, Val's Voice. So glad you're here. It's a great episode. We're so happy that you guys are with us. Uh, the only thing to plug on my end is Largo. Val will be there. Yeah, I'll be there. I won't be on the show, but I'll won't be perform in the wings. per se. But you'll be in the wings, laughing, and that's always fun. Yep. Sometimes you come out and say hi. If you sit far to the left, le- left you you'll, see. you'll see me sitting on my stool. And that's in the wings. February twelve. Here in Los Angeles, 12th, uh, Largo-LA.com. It's going to be ham-azing. And (laughs) we have some... The way that this show works is if you like the show, it's always going to be a free show, meaning it won't be behind a paywall or anything like that. But we do uh, ads called Pete's Picks for things that I actually use and actually love. And if you try them, uh, it supports the show. That's how it works. So hopefully it works out that you have that nice... Uh, overlap of something that you wanted or needed and something that would support the show. Like MeUndies. Who doesn't need underwear? Right? Who Who doesn't? We're asking. Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, no way. He does not need underwear. But everyone else, if you're not Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, if, <laughs> is someone you love in a relationship with somebody who tells the same joke over and over? Not No, 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 Valerie. Or... <laughs> Are they with somebody who has the audacity to starfish the bed? Leela. Leela does, yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, we <laughs> have little things in our relationship that make it ours, and one of them that's teeny is that we wear matching MeUndies, especially here in February, where you get the fun Valentine's Day ones. Gifting- Put romance in your pants. <laughs> Valerie, stick to the script. You can't just yell out, put romance in your pants. That should be in the script, Okay, I agree. Let's say it together. Put put romance romance in in your pants pants. with MeUndies. Gifting underwear for Valentine's Day? Groundbreaking. But gifting matching underwear for you and your significant other? Now we're talking. When I point to you, you say put romance in your pants. Put romance in your pants. Express your one-of-a-kind relationship when you match your bottom half to your better half in fun, limited-edition prints. Put romance in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I was still working out bottom half and, be- and yeah, better no, half. Yeah, that's a thinker. It's like, is your better half your top half? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. If I had a better half, it's my top half. <laughs> Mine's if, my top too. If yeah. you're single, mingle in matching pairs with your friends or fam. You can even get dog hoodies or buddy bands to match your four-legged BFF. Be sure to check out all of MeUndies, super cute and super soft undies, socks, bralettes, loungewear, and more available in sizes extra small to 4XL. At this point, I like to point out I have a 40 waist, 40, 42, somewhere around there. Brag. And I and I get a 3XL just because that's how I like them to fit. So if you're mm-hmm. around there, you might want that. 
Yep. Me Undies has a great <laughs> offer for, for weirdos. For a limited time only, get 25% off your first order of matching pairs for Valentine's Day. And as a first time purchaser, you'll also get, you can also get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. To get 25% off matching pairs, 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash weird. That's MeUndies.com slash weird. And put, put romance, romance in, in your pants. pants. We are, I'm wearing MeUndies right now, man. It's like, it's like tickets on luggage. I like these ones. Well, yeah, I know the ones you're talking about. We did about. a complete overhaul. We really love them. And if you need some fundies and you're not Matthew McCundies, go to <laughs> MeUndies.com slash weird. <laughs> That was maybe my favorite part of the entire episode. <laughs> All right. Speaking of wonderful things that I put on or take every day, there's a segue. There Ritual multivitamins. These vitamins are a game changer for my life. I've always had a hard time filling in the gaps in my diet. And I recently had a checkup where I was a boom aces. So we deserve to know what we're putting into our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day and rituals clean. Vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms that your body can actually use. That is key. Every other multivitamin I've taken turns my pee the color of Gatorade, and you can just tell and honestly smell that you're just peeing this stuff out. Ritual is not like that. It waits until it's, it's literally time-released till it gets to your lower intestine or to be broken down where it can actually get into your blood and into your body so you can use it. Well, you won't find sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, or artificial colorants, plus the fresh minty taste, and as I mentioned, delayed release capsule make taking your vitamins easy. If you do intermittent fasting, like I've been known to do, it has zinc in it, things like that that can upset your stomach, not with Ritual because of the delayed release. So it is 100%, I've tried this myself, Empty stomach approved. I love taking it. I love the minty flavor. I know, love knowing that as a veg, I'm filling in those gaps in my diet uh, and getting those things that might be hard to get from your diet. And I love knowing it's not going to make me nauseous and it makes me feel ready to start my day. A multivitamin, as we know, should contain key nutrients and forms your body can use, like D3, super important for your immune system, B12, really hard for me to get because I don't eat meat. It's all there in two daily pills, and you'll always know what you're taking because of Ritual's one-of-kind visible supply chain. Now available for women, men, and teens, Ritual's multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different stages of life. And your multivitamins, I love this, are delivered to your door every month in very minimal shipping, which I appreciate, and it is free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime on their very easy-to-use website, which I, I've even used it from my phone. Incredibly easy to snooze your order sometimes if they build up. And if you don't love Ritual, within your first month, they'll refund your first order. So get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash weird to start your ritual today. Thank you, Ritual, for supporting this show. Last but not least, man, we can't talk enough about these on air, off air, and in life. It is the Apollo Neuro. The Apollo Neuro is a wearable tech. I have it on right now on my wrist, set to clear and focused, as I always do when I'm doing the podcast. Val has it on her ankle. Also set to clear and focus, but it had just timed out, so I pressed the two buttons on the side. And it reboots it again. For those of you who haven't listened to us gab on and on about the Apollo Neuro, it is a wearable technology that helps your body recover from stress. 
Right now we're using it to help us focus, but you can also use it at night like I do to help you relax, uh, fall asleep. When Lila wakes me up in the middle of the night and I have a hard time falling back asleep, I push the two buttons on it, re- reruns the last program, which is always sleep at that hour, and it helps me fall back asleep. That alone, by the way, if it was just a wearable tech that helped you fall asleep, yeah. that would be incredible. But it has these different settings. It's like a wearable hug for the nervous system using touch therapy, meaning these almost subperceptual vibrations that your nervous system can understand that help you feel safe and in control gentle, soothing vibrations that train your nervous system to recover and rebalance after stress. It's like finding the uh, fuse box for your body. Mm -hmm. You can use it for energy and wake up, which is a caffeine-free way to get energized. That one seriously, seriously works. It even has a timer function, so you can use that one to wake up. It's a little jarring. You might want clear and focused. Social and open is what it sounds like. Clear and focused. They have some incredibly interesting data coming up soon. I can't wait to be able to share it about specifically clear and focused. When it comes to uh, focusing and, and maintaining attention while working, rebuild and recover. Not only is that great after workouts to help your body uh, reacclimate and get back into your normal state, but it also is wonderful after stressful situations. I use this one all the time. Even if I just did stand up, still my body went into fight flight, all that cortisol came out. I put on rebuild and recover and it helps me wind down. So what used to be like a cocktail or, or a desire for something else, I I, I let my nervous system get the message from my Apollo and it starts to calm itself down. I used it as soon as I woke up from anesthesia for my surgery and I used it exclusively for the two weeks after. Perfect. Yep. Meditation and mindfulness. Again, if this was just a a wearable tech that helps you meditate more deeply, I would be about it, but it's just one of the things it does. And I've had way deeper meditation since I've been using it, which is I know that sounds, I don't know, maybe it sounds insincere. I completely mean it. The first time I tried it, I went so much deeper, deeper than I had been in years. And it was just a wonderful way to get my body involved in what had been a pretty heady practice. Relax and unwind, which is what I put on when I'm watching TV. And as I mentioned, sleep and renew, which helps you fall asleep without taking a pill or or, or even smoking weed. These things aren't uh, you know, without their cost, let your body do it. So Apollo Neuro actually trains the nervous system to cope with stress better over time. The more you use it, the better it works. It was developed by uh, our friend, Dr. Dave, who was on the podcast, a neuroscientist and a board certified psychiatrist who has been studying the impacts of chronic stress in humans for nearly 15 years. Apollo's effects on stress, sleep, cognitive performance, and recovery have been proven in multiple clinical trials and real world studies. So as I always say, this is not woo-woo. I know the show gets pretty woo-woo sometimes, but this is hard scientific stuff, and it is wonderful. So many of our friends are wearing them now. So many weirdos have gotten them now, uh, and that makes me happy because it's truly made our lives better. So you can get 10% off, which is incredible. They even have some new colors coming out. There's a limited edition all-white one. Mm -hmm. I already have one, and I was tempted to get another one because it's so cool. Mm -hmm. Check it out at apolloneuro.com slash weird. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O dot com slash weird for 10% off and show your support of this show. All right, everybody. That is it. Enjoy. We made it weird number 73. Val? Get into it. Yo, 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 y
Uh, is there anything? We're still going. Oh, I'll say it. Well, Val was teasing me because this is the first. I just watched a YouTube video where the guy kind of sounded like this. He had a great voice, but he was. <laughs> no, older. No, no. Than you. I'm allowed to say wink, he, was, he, was a, he was a black man, and I and now because I've been listening to this. Beautiful black man. <laughs> Wait, is that okay? I don't know. Uh, <sighs> just edit all this out. Then edit it back. And <laughs> my point is having watched a tutorial on these new microphones. That's right. Hype mic. A- no, no, they're not a Pete's pick. <laughs> they get no plug. Um, nope. Okay. In but fact, let's just I have say- a promo code that makes them cost 10% more. Ooh. Ooh. Let's just say I'm so rich. I use promo codes to add ten percent to the cost. <laughs> Nothing. 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 The word looks like apology, but it's okay. Not. Very close. Very close to. Why them, are we not plugging to them? them? Owing us some bread right now. Is then that's a bad thing. <laughs> well, they're not going to give it. To- I can't call them and be like, hey, yo. <laughs> Retroact- it's called a retroactive ad. Yeah. Get You didn't pick it. Pete's picks, but Pete Pick picked you. If Pete picks, how if, many Pete's how picks? Many Peter Peck 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 Peck. How many Peter Peck a How many Peter Peck a pick a pick up? Zip up, zip up, pick up, pep up, pick up. I know, it's audio. funky fresh. It looks like a. I hope this sounds great. Does this sound great? Wait for the answer. Honk twice in your car. You do it. You, you do it. You do it. Honk. Honk we right are now. Here for you and you have to do it for us. <laughs> what are you doing? You're living in a mystery in a conundrum. You are in infinity and you won't honk your horn right now? Just honk it. Who cares what the car in front of you thinks? Can I? I think I already said this. Yeah, I did. I said this. I did this press thing and they were like, I, I'm going to use the same example. So this is going to be. In an upcoming episode as well. But one of my favorite things, or that makes me laugh so hard, is when there's something that's not real. Like, I'm going to... This is what... Like, I'm going to interview you, Val, and I want you to to break down the decades of your life like cakes. Like, the first 10 years, what cake would that be? Second 10 years, what cake would that be? That sounds right? fun. <laughs> it is. Okay, we can do it. <laughs> that... Okay, that's I like not. That. I like that's that. Not, hold, 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 hold up. Hold up. Fudgy the whale. One. Yeah, fudgy. Fudgy. I never had a fudgy. I, Do you remember the commercial that had like it had like the scoop from Raisin Bran? Remember the, uh-huh. like the oh, scoop? Oh, I know scoop? the scoop. <laughs> um, well, how that sun get not one but two scoops, and how it not melting it because that <laughs> we not melting it because that sun is the sun. Wait, and now you lost me again. On the Kellogg's. Okay, they're not a Pete's pick either, but here they go. <laughs> big Kellogg's getting a big, big free plug here. You are being uh, so stingy. No, it was all 100% JK. It's an Apogee hype mic, and it's the first episode we're doing where Val has her own mic and I have my own mic. That's right. And, and it's we, too much, I think. <laughs> it does feel a little bit more like a show. I know. Like I'm wearing a white tuxedo. <laughs> okay, listen. And I'm hold up. laying on a piano. I love laying on a piano humor. You know that about me. You do? Oh, my God. If you get Pete improvising, you know, like about any topic, if I go past 12 minutes, I'm going to say, you know, casual but sexy, like laying on top of piano. Like, that's just like my go-to. My other go-to, and I know this from the E-Trade Baby commercials, and I've said this before, I'm sure, is I love saying tea-stained map. 
like an uh, old yes. map. Like a I have heard map. you say that. And I a say lot. tea stain. Yep. Okay. Tea stain map. Didn't need, didn't need that. No, I didn't need the tood. I'm saying I do know you because I didn't really. I don't think I've ever noticed the piano thing laying on a piano thing. Well, you know, Steve Byrne, who mm-hmm. did this podcast, who was great at, at the Comedy Cellar, would sometimes lay atop the piano. I love a piano, it. And it was very mm-hmm. funny. There is a home... and it was hold on. It was very funny. There is a home video of me somewhere. I think my mom well, probably at home. Finally, the clues in the name. It's not called an away video. I think it's my, a home video. Uh, that, Check the home. Okay, no. <laughs> Stop sorry. everything. Yeah, sorry, I'm excited. We we didn't even say it. Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. That's why I'm so excited. Voices back. back. Voice my friend. friend. Voice your friend. Yeah. Oh. Did you Not, hear that range? Val, <laughs> did you hear that compression on the Apogee hype mic? Not a Pete's pick? Oh. Yeah, I turned it on. What does compression mean? It keeps it from being too loud? I think it makes it sound sexy. Ooh. I think uh, this is my guess Do on I what it... Do I sound sexy? Valerie... <laughs> Like, when girls are like, it'll be like a joke. I'm like, it's not a joke. <laughs> like, the hungriest you've ever been. The hungriest hippo? You are funny. <laughs> and I think you said that because we were watching After Party. Remember? Did they say hungry hippo? Yes. Dave Franco. I say like I'm mad. Dave Franco is in a, a, a jungle movie called Hungry Hungry Hippos. Oh. Which is so funny because they, ha- they haven't yet made Hungry Hungry Hippos. Yeah, but it's but coming. They will. Just in the same way that Entourage was like, imagine if there was an Aquaman. Oh my God! Remember? They yes. Like, Let's pick one that's so safe, like no one's ever gonna do fucking Aquaman. Oh my God! Cut to long-haired Dave Bautista. Who is that? Jason Momoa. I love that guy. I know I just called him long-haired Dave Bautista, <laughs> yeah. but I like Dave Bautista He's too. He's fantastic. Do you remember when we were behind him in line him at the Vanity Fair party? And Lisa Bonet. It was the fanciest moment of our lives. Yeah, it was. We were at the Vanity Fair Oscar party. He looked like a pharaoh or somebody. He looked like somebody I shouldn't look at. Yeah, so and did I, she. But he also seemed like a guy that would be like, don't be stupid. You can look at me. Yeah. But like, like because they, he's so gracious as a leader. <laughs> and we, like, we, I remember we slowed our... Pace. Roll? We slowed our roll because they were walking in front of us, and it felt like we can't be walking right behind. Them. Oh yeah, yeah. That's we don't what I mean. deserve to, but like we a did. Pharaoh. We did get whiffs of them, and they both smelled fantastic. I don't recall inhaling. I definitely was inhaling. Lisa Bonet, are you kidding me? I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> okay. okay. Then we got the scoops. Okay. We got the scoops of the sun. We got your voices back. We got new mics. And I also want to oh, say I was... that I'm JK about being stingy. Let's plug some shit. I plugged Muse, the the headband, the brain sensing headband. Yep. No cash. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I love plugging things. I was saying that there's a home video of me at Leela's age, uh-huh. three years old. Um, at our church, like on a Tuesday afternoon, so no one was there. My mom like did my hair, put me in a dress, like a black velvet poofy sleeved dress. Yes. And I just they gave me the microphone and I sang all the songs that I know. And for the there's like a moment in the middle where I'm like having a meltdown because I'm three and it's you're only three. I was only three, Aww. and I was so I was singing like. How much is that doggy in the window? You know um, that song never tells you? Oh my God, you never get the answer. Wait, I think it, 
No. It doesn't tell you. It doesn't tell you. It would be weird if it did. 27295. (laughs) $27,295? Oh, oh, there's a sequel song coming. It's called Fuck That Doggy in the Window. And you can do a doggy style. Um. <laughs> you laughed like the last of the sand coming out of a beanbag. I know they call it a beanbag, but that's a sandbag. <laughs> no, there are beans in there. <laughs> there's no sand. That would be so heavy. <laughs> I distinctly remember nibbling off the corn of a bean bag and like a, like, let's just say the beans were so small. I was like, are these sand? Are you talking about like cornhole bean bags? Are those filled with corn? (laughs) Okay. This is, this is madness. This is mad. Like it actually is making me feel a little bit insane. Well, I'm so happy you're back. Go ahead. So you, I, I don't know. I don't know where to jump in on the story. You sang your songs. You don't have to jump in. That's good. That's a good sign. Don't jump in. I'm telling a story. You keep interrupting me to tell me that you're glad my voice is back. Well, let her talk then. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) You drive the car. Jesus, take the wheel. Okay, I will. I would have pulled over at that Cracker Barrel. We'll keep driving. (laughs) No, it'll give us diarrhea. (sighs) Crackeria. Cracker Barrel is a Pete's Pig, which is strange. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Regrettably. Go ahead. Um... So all I'm saying is that, and it, it's one of those things where you try to, you just try to tell like a tiny little adorable story and then you get interrupted so much that it becomes this longer thing and then it's anticlimactic. Welcome to the show. <laughs> That's the whole thesis of the show. Um, if you're me. <laughs> so, uh-huh. no, no, no. JK. So I'm seeing, uh, how much is that doggy in the window? ABCs, fuzzy wuzzy. And I'm starting to melt down. And then the video cuts. And then I'm laying on the, the piano singing. Like that's clearly they were like, okay, will you do a couple more songs if we let you sit on the piano? Aww, I like to think you said you had a breakdown and you came up with the idea, you know, it would make me feel better. Mm, can I sit up there? And you don't sit on a, pa- a piano. Yeah. You slink on a piano. You, you got to slink. Yeah. Just like, you know, you slink if you're a burglar mm. and you, and ladies, you, a lot of people don't know this, but you know how you can wear a slip? Mm-hmm. There's also a slink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So glad you're back. Glad to hear your voice. What did you L E A R N about not having a V O I C E? I'm spelling it so the children listening don't know what we're talking about. Fucking balls. Fucking balls. Yeah. <laughs> you sing fucking balls. Yes. And you spell learn, learn voice. <laughs> Got it. This is all checking out. It's making sense in this mad world that is this podcast right now. I can calm down. <laughs> okay, well, I um, yeah, I mean, of course, I had a couple little lessons in there. Um, the, you know, the answer to like, how was it being silent for two weeks is that it was a little bit of everything. All of the time. All of the time. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Bo Burnham. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like life. It was everything. It was, it was easier than I thought it would be. And it was very hard. And there was a lot of... Um, relaxing and resting and feeling really connected and feeling close to God. And then there were huge waves of anxiety where I felt like I was like reality 
the veil of reality was being torn. Um, yeah. Well, I don't want to, it's, it's a leading question, but they do say when you do a silent retreat, <clears throat> because you stop labeling things, you do tend to see reality more as like in its oneness. Yeah. Because it is language that starts to sort of, you know, chop up reality. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't get to that point kind of knowingly. I didn't want to go that deep just because um, I had done a silent retreat uh, last year. And if you've listened to this podcast for long enough, you know, um, it or there was some panic that occurred from that, which had like a residual sort of dissociative state that I can sometimes get into um, that's related to PTSD. So I really didn't want to push myself, especially because I couldn't physically talk. Yeah, no, I understand. It wasn't a choice. It's like so, you were putting on one of those old-timey uh, scuba suits. Yeah. And like when you're in an old... Take it from me. When you're in one of those old-timey scuba suits with the line that goes up to the boat, yeah. and you're walking kind of like you're on the moon at the bottom of the sea, mm-hmm. you know? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm with you. I have relatable premises. Uh-huh. You don't... That's not really a great place to have, like, what is... Life, like you, it's not a great place to have your super introspection time because you, you could yeah. panic. Yeah, and so the whole um, the whole time I was using a text to speech app, I was still communicating on uh, Instagram. So I was still in the realm of, and I was reading books. I was in the realm of language. It Brag. wasn't like that. <laughs> you just That's you right. did a, a voice fast just so you could be like. I read books. Yeah. <laughs> I love books. I love books. You know what? I'm a very well-read woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was wonderful. I'm a well-read woman. A well-read white woman. Nothing um, more dangerous than a well-read woman. <laughs> bumper sticker alert. Um, <laughs> doesn't that sound like a bumper sticker? Yeah, that sounds like a BSA. A bumper sticker alert. Keep going. <laughs> BSA. Also, Bullshit ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. No, it was fine. I'm very jacked up, Valerie. Okay. So, uh... So it's taken all your effort to just sit yeah. still? Yep. And I, I'm I'm sort of like a gambler at the table, and I'm like, deal me another hand. Give me, give me a rip. How much is that doggy in the window? <laughs> I'm excited. Go on. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll let you cool just go... I'll, I'll let you just go loose. But you asked what I learned. Um, a couple things that I learned. One is that I do know how to regulate myself. Um, when I do start to panic, I know I have all my tools. I've got my palm stone. I know to come back into my body. Uh, I, I've identified all of the usual suspects that cause me to spiral, like the voices and the stories in my head. Voices in my head sounds, you know, schizophrenic, but I just mean like... We all have voices in our head. Yeah, the, the like voice that's like, oh, this is going to take you over and completely possess you and is playing like old tiny movies of me in like a straight jacket having to go to an yeah. asylum. Your girl interrupted fantasy. Exactly. Um, and... And they're all so familiar now that they're really kind of losing their juice. Which is juice. also the name of this podcast, Girl, Girl Interrupted. Excellent. Worth it. Worth it. I want you to slow down a little bit. Okay. Because what do you mean? I, I, I know what you mean. But there are some poor souls that just were like, 
oh, look at this. And they clicked on this podcast. And this is the first one they're listening to. We've lost them by now. (laughs) No, they are watching like you would in the olden days, like a circus. that I never liked a freak show. What a terrible idea. But you know how you can't look away? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So tell me what you mean. Why does it, what does it mean to forget you're in your body? And why does it help to go back into your body? Mm. Edit. Thank you. I'm going to mute my apogee right now. (laughs) What a great, generous question to this well-read woman. (laughs) Um, I, so most of us don't live in our bodies. um, Preach. (laughs) And it is very, you know, we're, we're meant to work as a whole system, but we usually cut ourselves off at the neck and we're just in our heads. And our heads are um, the method of protecting that our brains use is to usually think of worst case scenarios so that it can stay ahead of it. Mm. Um, and to yeah, the mind spends a lot of the time in the future. Yeah, it's like a stock trader but trying to guess futures. Yeah, but it's not going to guess a happy future most of the time because it wants to be prepared for. Mm-hmm. Uh, the worst. And I, I feel like you've said this on the podcast before, but man, this is worth it to that one new listener. Uh, the idea that like your brain thinks it's helping by worrying. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, at least I'm doing something. I'm staying ahead of this. I've caught myself having that many times where I'm like, I can't stop worrying. I can't be yeah. peaceful yeah. because I'm not doing it. But when you look at it and like really observe what your brain is doing, not only is it worthless, but you are just playing out the same one over and over just mm-hmm. to like fill the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's it called on the Congress floor? Filibustering. Filibustering. That's, that's Your brain exactly is filibustering yeah. to like kill time and stay in control. That's one of my favorite um, things to remind myself and you sometimes <laughs> I've, I've done that before where it's like, oh yeah, it sounds like your brain's just filibustering. And really- Isn't that wild? This is something that I I heard recently from his name is Thomas Hubel, um, who he has a, a great book about collective trauma, um, but he was saying that the the thicker your thought stream is, the more that's an indicator that there's actually actually stress in your body. So if he said oh, stress wow. is an upward energy. So you feel stress in in your body and then it moves up. And if you think of it as like it gets the windmills of your brain turning faster and faster and and your brain is the windmill. Exactly. So when I can definitely tell when I'm in a when I'm dissociated from my body and I'm trying to ignore the stress that's in my body, my brain will not stop. And it obsesses about something, usually about the house being clean or some kind of Instagram post or whatever. It's just obsessed and it's just going over and it's getting louder and louder and it feels like your brain is loud. By the way, this is so normal Mm -hmm. and I think it's kind of addictive by nature that like, I never would have known this. Somebody texted me uh, because I'm off social media. I'm also a vegan. Uh, just screaming my 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 social <laughs> Your credentials. Yeah, I am a vegan. 
Although, are any of us truly vegan because our taxes go to subsidize? Uh, anyway, someone watch Seaspiracy. Uh, <laughs> and I'm off the fishies. Jeez, Louise. We can talk about that. That's a snooze. Um, but what a weird blind spot. <laughs> to just be like, I care about animals, but not the water ones. Yeah, I, I, that was which you weird... used to have a bit about. I did have I a bit about. care about the plight of fish. Their unblinking eyes Scary. don't do them any favors. And and the fact that, you know, a cow <laughs> looks like a dog. You know mm. what I mean? You could take a, a, a dog and sort of zoom in and make it into a cow. Yeah, and they have it. the lashes. And they have the lashes. So cute. And they have, like, social uh, relationships and blah, blah, blah. Nobody likes to be made. F- Someone's eating a chicken sandwich right now. Please, God love you. Mm-hmm. Um Hoozle woozle. Someone texted me because I'm off social media, um, which I actually, if they listen to this, don't feel bad, but um, I found it annoying. They texted me that I was one of the people that was removed from a Joe Rogan. Oh, when yeah, Joe Rogan, yeah. there's a Rolling Stone article that, that when they went to Spotify, <clears throat> yeah. real hardcore uh, Rogan heads, I don't know. Uh, noticed that like 134 episodes didn't make the jump, mm-hmm. and there and people, not me, but people were going like, "Why?" Rolling Stone posited that they were some of the like noticeably tamer guests. Like I'm a tame guest. Uh. I remember when I did Joe Rogan, I, I mostly talked about Ramdas and like soul awareness. Like I really yeah went on a tear about that. Because um, believe it or not, people are like, don't don't get steamrolled. Like you have to like, as I'm steamrolling you. Um, <laughs> so I went in ready to chat about that and had a good time. But I was removed. Who cares, by the way? That's fine. That's the prerogative of a podcast. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, but someone texted me the article and was like, hey, look, you're, you're noticeably tame. I get it. Uh, didn't need that because to your windmill thing. It sort of gave me a windmill. And there's always going to be some stress in there or some unresolved body tension or maybe just some forecasting of the future. And if you understand my meaning, they installed a windmill. They were like, here, Mm. think about Mm. this. Mm -hmm. And Val, I swear, I was like, in my rational mind, I was like, who cares? Yeah. That is nothing. Right. Next thing I know, I'm reading the article. Mm -hmm. Not in like a perverse way. I'm just kind of like, I wonder what it says. Yeah. I wonder what it says. And it said nothing. Nothing was gained in my life from reading this. And then another one of the comedians that was also removed texted me and just like, hey, we're two of the people removed. Any guess what, what it is? And I'm like, not only do we get our windmills spinning, yeah. we then sort of go around and start spinning other people's windmills because because I think windmill spinning is the great... Uh, addiction of modern society is like what are you thinking and what are you thinking about and what do you think they're thinking about your thinking yes it's a hundred percent an addiction because most of us like i said most of us live in our minds we give our minds full authority the we give it the microphone and our brains the apogee just want to keep control so it's and which is just an illusion because it can't so that then it gets very rigid and it thinks that the only way so the the our brains don't trust our bodies uh you as tara brock says there there must be something that's scary in the body to the brain otherwise we would have never left so usually there's some some reason that we cut off so Mm. the brain goes all right body 
you experienced pain. We don't want to do that anymore. So where I'm taking it from here, I'm taking control. And I'll ignore it like a family member who's drunk at Thanksgiving. Like yes. The brain is just going to ignore just the g- fact that you're probably... Go ahead. Yeah, it, it, it thinks that it's ignoring it, but it can't, can't. because it's part of it. So it's like a plane ignoring the fact that it's like tail is on fire. Yeah, and exactly. And it's like, I'm just going to keep flying. So then we get this kind of like, just keep running, just keep, just keep running. Like it's this momentum of don't, don't settle into your body because we're afraid of what we'll see there. But as I've said before on this podcast, it really is like shining a light under the bed and seeing that there are no monsters. It's, Mm. it's good news because even though there are very big feelings often when you first re-inhabit your body which is something that needs to be done very slowly and really gently um but even though they are there are very big feelings without the brain's scary stories they're just sensations it's not a it's not a problem it feels and without the label too i know we say this a lot but without the label it's it's like we always say in uh, what is it uh, existential kink they point out that um, fear is just excitement without breath. Yeah. Similarly, it's it's like a lot of these things are undiagnosed, mm-hmm. like or they're just sort of like improperly channeled, improperly channeled mm-hmm. energy. Yeah. I noticed today there's somebody that uh, I saw and they just sort of make me uneasy. They were standing very close to me. Mm-hmm. And I just noticed it was like the feeling of 10,000 grasshoppers just for half of a half second mm-hmm. in my belly. Mm-hmm. And I actually took a moment to be like, first of all, why? I don't want anyone to have that much control over me just because they're standing that close to me. So I noticed that I was a- applying a lot of beliefs that triggered that feeling. Like, this person shouldn't stand this close to me, or yeah. I'm happier when this person... It, it was the energy of um, refusal. Yeah. I was, I, And it created this very trippy sensation, which I lie to myself to being like, well, that person just skeeves me out. That's actually not true. I'm sort of rereading all these memories and, and this case that I've built, mm. labeling them skeevy person. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm with them, it's like a self-fulfilling pro- prophecy I, I knew you were a skeevy person and here you are skeeving me out. But I'm like, the first 25, 30 times I saw that person, they didn't skeeve me out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I like had to, there was like a trial in my yeah. brain and they're like, are they skeevy? And I would bring evidence every yes. week. And, yeah. and now, case closed, you're skeevy. When really in that moment, in true reality, mm-hmm. I, there, there was nothing going on except my brain playing an old song and staying in control in that way. It's like, look, we'll even give you a, a big grasshopper feeling because we're running this show. Yeah, the, the brain wants to be in control and it wants to be proven right. It doesn't actually really care about your happiness or well-being. Right. It, it wants to protect you in, in keeping you alive. But the means in which it does that... Are killing you. <laughs> ma- make you miserable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why we just keep giving the body the microphone over and over and over again. And the more stressed out we are, the more you have to just keep returning, noticing you're lost in thought, returning back to the body. This is really interesting because obviously you are a top-down person. You go from the head into the body and I'm... I'm a bottom-up. Oh, you're a bottom-up. And I'm a top-down. I start in my head. And obviously I'm very obsessed with um, Rupert Spira, who's a non-dual teacher who I couldn't recommend... His book, um, Being Aware of Being Aware. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I finished the book. 
And I started reading it again. Just to illustrate this one little point before you go on a, a thing. I'm not about to. Okay, but, yes. but when we and were do. in Ohio on my silent during my silence, I was reading a book called The Wisdom of the Body by Hillary McBride. And that was called Meditations on I Am. Yeah, or Being being Aware aware of Being Aware. Yeah, so that's just to illustrate your... But I actually think I'm going to be able to um, bridge... First of all, I don't feel that there is uh, a huge chasm between us. I think the language that we use is very different. Yeah. Um, But I think fundamentally what we're saying is the same. And Mm -hmm. here's... I actually think I can illustrate that. You go into your body. You're like, get out of the head, get out of the thinking mind and get into the body. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about get out of the thinking mind and get into infinite, unborn, pure, spacious knowing. Mm-hmm. The question when you say, when I say I, what do I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's the most important question to me. Mm-hmm. Or am I aware what, who is checking? Who is listening to this podcast? It can be very trippy. You're listening to this podcast. What in you knows this podcast? And what in you knows the feeling of the earth on your feet? It's all knowing. Mm. So here's, here's where we come together. The body, I don't want to, uh, the way that the body exists, mm-hmm. so as to not trigger like some strange lava lamp conversation that freaks you out. Mm-hmm. The way that the body exists is through sensation. Mm-hmm. And sensation exists in knowing. Mm-hmm. Both, do you understand? Like both of these practices, mine and yours, or whatever, or approaches, mm. are getting us away from the brain banging pots together and going, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yes. You go into the body. But when you go into the body, literally what you are doing is you are going into sensation. Yes. And what sensation is a gateway into knowing because it only occurs on the backdrop of blank, pure, spacious, open, content awareness. So you go into the body, Mm -hmm. mean leave the noise of the brain behind, and you have a much clearer view. It's almost like one little vibrating purple patch Mm -hmm. is the feeling of Val's stomach. Mm. And that you put that in the, the clear spacious petri dish of knowing Mm -hmm. and that helps you rest in knowing Mm -hmm. is is the exercise of going well what does my body feel like right now in the same way that you could say rupert i was listening to his podcast it's called the rupert spira podcast it's amazing he was talking about he was guiding someone through like are your thoughts um uh, limited Mm -hmm. is what he was saying the person didn't understand and i didn't understand either but then he said are your are your thoughts infinite Mm. and of course they're not infinite they are temporary he was like you have the thought um pete is very manic it's the top of the episode he'll calm down in a a little while (laughs) that thought is now gone it's been replaced with oh look pete is more calm (laughs) i just make it about me (laughs) so these are these temporary things that exist on the backdrop of the only unchanging element of reality Mm -hmm. whether you're dreaming hallucinating afraid calm Uh, having sex, eating a sandwich, feeling nervous in therapy, doing this podcast. The only consistent is knowing. Mm -hmm. All experience is known. And I don't mean thought about. I mean, I'm looking at you and that is known. It's, it, it is known in my knowing. Yes. And he, he, I am on a thing. He relates it to the sun. The sun shines, awareness shines, knowing shines, Mm -hmm. but in its own 
luminosity, it illuminates itself. Mm-hmm. So it is illuminated by itself and that's how it knows itself is mm-hmm. by its own illumination. Mm-hmm. So that I know we're getting kind of lava lampy, but I'm just saying like knowing that knows all things also can turn around and know itself. It's not a new thing that knows knowing. Knowing just by virtue of being luminous illuminates itself like the sun. Yes, I have so much to say. The first thing about that, I'll just add to what you're doing since since you're talking about awareness uh, that I heard today. I thought you would like this. I heard Jack Cornfield say um, he was trying to illustrate the pure awareness. And he did it in a way I've never heard him do or anybody do before where he's just said, it's so simple. But he goes, practice right now by trying to not be aware Try to not be aware of the sounds around you, of the feeling in your body, of the, you know, temperature on your skin. Don't be aware of any of that. It's so good. Isn't that so good? It's so good. And it is the great secret. It's it's what no one is talking about, is that there is a knower mm. that is knowing. Mm-hmm. That is, con- it, uh, there, there are all these different traditions that talk about it being the most hidden thing and the most obvious thing. Mm-hmm. But it's conversations like this and books like this and, and talks like this and you saying what Jack said that help it turn around and notice itself. Yes. And again, Rupert says it's like um, watching a movie and you notice the screen. Mm-hmm. Nothing could exist without the screen. Nothing could exist without knowing, without the the sense of being. Yes. And I'm going to yes and you here. Um, I do think, though that maybe specifically for more masculine energy, the talking and the reading about this and the hearing it put just the right way and the like kind of philosophizing about this, again, all stuff that's kind of up here, Mm -hmm. um, seems to really work for the men that I know and and the more masculine. And I've experienced it work for me as well. So it's not like I can't understand that. However, what I'm finding, so again, it's like we do come together on this sort of non-dual, it's all pure awareness thing. Um, But that's like sort of just like over here for me. (laughs) And I, I can get through it i've i've watched you experience the philosophy of it and thinking about it and hearing it in language it living in the realm of language and then really see like hear it put a certain way and then it just like from top down settles into your body i've seen it happen right and and then you'll say something like and then you really see that it's all just unconditional love beautiful for me because I think uh, just uh, I'm coming at it from a more feminine place and which is just going to be a little bit more on this plane in this body, really accessing the um, the magic of being alive through this human experience and through relationships and things like that. I think because of that and because of my trauma from taking psychedelics, which can be it's like you could say all these beautiful things about awareness and I can on one hand know exactly how you mean it and how it's feeling to you and how and, and even experience 
a sort of settling into it in my own. Or if there's fear in my body, I can hear it as this like up, up and away in the rocket ship you go and you're all alone in a black void. <laughs> and I know. And whenever you say that, I'm like, where could you go? It's like the most at home thing But that still is me. taking me up and up and up. And it's like pulling me from my head. Right. When I need to be feeling my feet when you're talking about this stuff. Yeah, no, I hear you. Because believe it or not, sometimes we talk and I, through being an empath, start to feel you freaking out and I start to freak out. (laughs) But I really, when I'm in my clearest way, I'm like, there's nothing to freak out about. And me too. And I can get there. But the way that I have to get there is, so you you experience it as language and theories and then it settles into your body and Mm -hmm. eventually opens your heart. I have to first get in my body, then crack open my heart with something and experience that it's all love. And then I can be like, right. It's just yeah. it's just awareness experiencing and love experiencing itself. And Tara Brock, I'll just quote it a million times because it was such a key moment for me when she did this podcast. I asked, I brought this up for, to her that the idea of like this emptiness or the void or the like pure vastness of awareness um, can feel really scary to me she called it dry emptiness because it was lacking the moisture of the heart Mm. and i it's just essential for me to get that moisture before i go into the vast well that's why okay yes love need the what are the attributes this is i don't need you to do it like me I'm just, uh, so I sure hope this doesn't sound like defensive or anything. Yeah. Um, I'm hearing myself sound a little defensive is why I said that. But to me, when I ask, when we go like, are you aware? And you, and you say yes. Mm-hmm. And we can both agree that, and everyone listening is listening with a sensation of awareness and experience of being awareness. Uh, what are the qualities of that awareness. This is where Rupert gets into wet spaciousness mm. because he's like the quality of that awareness. And I mean the awareness that I am sort of puncturing to talk to you right now, mm-hmm. meaning I'm keeping a foot in it because it's the fucking best mm-hmm. is fulfilled, mm-hmm. peaceful, uh, spacious, open, unborn and undying infinite yeah. and outside of time so well the reason i'm saying like when you go like eh, okay that is defensive but i'm saying the reason i don't go like oh no I'm, do- I'm gonna go up and up and up is i'm like first of all there's nowhere to go we're already there mm-hmm. just in the way that a mo- no matter what's happening on a movie in a movie it's still on the screen so there's nowhere to go yeah couldn't be closer and the 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 attributes and this isn't just because i've read books that describe what knowing is or the sensation of I is. It's because you can take a moment. I don't mean mantra. I don't mean cross your legs. I don't mean follow your breath. I mean, as we're talking, Mm -hmm. people listening, I'm not going to do it now. You can close your eyes and just try and look at what is looking. Mm -hmm. And when you get that sense of it, and investigate it for yourself, mm-hmm. you see the inherent peaceful, happy, and fulfilled quality mm-hmm. of that spaciousness. Mm-hmm. 
And that's why I like visiting it. And that's why I go, it's, it's uh, the vanishing of Pete into it is Rupert uh, likens it to a moth to a flame. The moth keeps going to the flame and that's all of us kind of going like, I want to figure out what's going on. I want to figure out what's going on. But when you get to the flame, it's, it's hot and you recognize it's going to burn you up. So you fly away. Mm. He's like, that's what many of us are for 20, 30, 40 years of spiritual inquiry. And then he's like, eventually you need to recognize that like there's nothing lost by going into the flame. You need to let it consume you. But this is the best part because what's what remains after the assumed separate self is what Rupert would call the moth mm-hmm. or or me believing I'm Pete what remains is is peaceful and happy and spacious and I do believe it's a have your cake and eat it too thing once you're there you can still engage with objective reality but again Rupert Rupert says when you do so you'll your awareness that leaves you and goes out into the the world of objects and relationships and situations, it will trail clouds of glory, is what he says. <laughs> like, you'll just be... You'll never be able to fully shake the the association you now have with your true self, which is happy, peaceful, and at ease. I love that, and I see that. And I do see this as, like, that's a, the masculine road and then the feminine road is also going towards the masculine road and they meet somewhere. In the middle. Val is bringing middle. her hands together yeah, from Yeah, you can't see. Sorry. Because the feminine road is, I am, I am with my friends and we are laughing and at a table that's filled with food that we worked together to cook. And I am feeling 100% at peace, fulfilled, held in love, connected to God, the opposite of separate, so connected to everything and everyone. And and that feeling then recognizes my true self, my pure awareness, recognizes its very own nature through that experience. Yeah. And then I am in pure awareness. Right. So so then I'm blazing glory <laughs> trailing clouds of glory. Because well, Rupert would say, Rupees would say that your recognition of your uh, that happiness through the connection, through feeding people, which by the way is what Ramdas's guru Maharaji said. He says if you want to raise Shakti or raise your spiritual connection, he said feed people. Mm-hmm. So that's bhakti. That's mm-hmm. the path of love. Mm-hmm. Rupert is more yana yoga, which is the way of the intellect. Mm-hmm. So again, and these are the two ways. Yeah. But he would say that you're, it's almost like a coming homeness, meaning you're cutting up cucumbers with Melissa and Kate and Annie and, and you're laughing mm-hmm. and you're dancing and all that sort of stuff is that reminder of that's how you are underneath it. It, it feels yeah. good because it's a return. It's a shedding of what you are not, and it's a return to what you are. Yeah. And almost like now you're playing 
a low C and a high C and there's and there's harmony. Yeah. It's a recognition. Yes, exactly. It resonates. Whereas and... I'm a vampire and I'm in a cold plunge <laughs> and then I go in my sauna and, and then I read a book and I have it alone. But I do share it on this podcast. You sure do. And you share it with me and you share it with your friends. I just wanted to tease that yeah. you sure. But you know what, Val? It is our, it's, it's our wounds, right? Mm-hmm. My wound is people aren't safe and I really learned that um, not to put it down, not to put my folks down, but in a certain way, I think I learned that my my core negative belief, people aren't safe, um, just from my family and from my upbringing. It's mm-hmm. not even a specific person. Because mm-hmm. my dad is incredibly gregarious, and he would think it's crazy that I believe that. But it took a lot of work to uncover that, that, is, that that's my wound. Yeah. So, of course, I'm in my sauna, and of course, I'm I was just in the hammock before this for an hour reading Rupert, which is why this is all fresh on my mind. Mm-hmm. Just loving it. That's mm-hmm. my like happiest introvert sort of way. Mm-hmm. And you have being left alone mm-hmm. trauma. Mm-hmm. So of course, you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. so obvious. Like you take one step away. My whole life I learned it was safe to be alone. Yeah. Your whole life you learned it was not safe to be alone. And isn't it, I'm going to use Christian language, a gracious God that's like, hey man, I'll take you however you are. That's right. You want to come to ultimate reality and your and self-realization or heaven or nirvana or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. You want to come uh, through chopping cucumbers with Melissa? Or would you like to just hang out with me and I'll, I'll kind of be in this tree that's next to your hammock? <laughs> I'm like, well, I prefer the tree. And you're like, uh, well, I'm afraid someone's hiding behind the tree. And it's like, <laughs> well, come on in. We're having like a, like a mixer. And I'm like, mixer? And you're like, you had me at like <laughs> I'm already holding a drink. Right? Um, yeah. No. And so I think that's so smart. It is our specific wounds. But it's also, it is the, the nature of masculine and feminine. So it's, it's kind of, it's good to have both because, and, and there's more than just two. There's lots of different ways there. But but the let me just read this quote that I posted today from Mirabai because she's going to say it way better than I can as I'm struggling to say it. Um, Instead of engaging spiritual practice as a contraption to catapult us up and out of this relative world, the feminine mystic shows up right here, in the center of the incarnational experience. We bless the messy wonder of it all, the experience of being human, which I know you agree with. But that when I hear that, that's how I feel when you hear Rupert saying it's like the sun. Like I And it is so sorry. I just instantly it's like like a sound that bowl is being played and it's exactly the vibration of my body and my spirit. And I go, oh (sighs) <sighs> like that's so right. funny. So if I'm hearing correctly, and, and by the way, when I'm with Mirabai, I go into my full feminine. For some reason, mm-hmm. if I really want to like get some, this is silly to say, but like get some work done, like inside, I go hard masculine. I, I, mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's why I'm drawn to, this is going to sound silly too, but like, Tom Cruise movies and it's all about like like getting things done. I actually mm-hmm. believe that guns while of course in reality they are violent and whatever uh, and of course they're violent uh, but I'm saying guns in movies mm. sort of represent decisive action. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like bang, like mm-hmm. a change. We're changing reality. Yeah. Bang bang bang. Boom. We have changed reality. That is, that is yeah. like the 
the flag of every action movie. And I think that's why a lot of boys, but also just a lot of anybody with masculine energy is like, I want to watch something that changes reality. Mm -hmm. So I have that going on with myself. And that's why I go into that. So if I'm, you're like, let's, what what I was saying was when I'm with Mirabaya, I get into my, and when I'm with you often, I I get into that feminine way. Mm -hmm. And I like all that communing. And I'm thinking about Mirabai's home and where we've had meals and it's a garden it's like the most Mm -hmm. you know yoni infused (laughs) sort of sacred space yeah and i love that and if you can get this this bigfoot in with luring him with usually food or laughter i love being there and it's and it's my favorite Mm -hmm. and and then lately my life hasn't looked that way and it's probably because i'm working and work is so like ding 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 like get mm-hmm. things done do things be efe- efe- efficient mm-hmm. and then that bleeds into my into my practice mm-hmm. right? or whatever my spiritual approach right and there is you know the only thing i would say about going straight to non-dualism and uh really, I think practicing identifying with pure awareness is it. That's, that is, that really aligns everything else. But you have to make sure that you, there is a way that that can be used to once again, cut off the body. Like whatever is happening in here doesn't really matter. Which is why Rupert mixes it with Tantra, but I haven't read his book on Tantra yet. Yeah. But his whole thing about Tantra is he's like, he says in the introduction to being aware, being aware, he's like, look, recognizing your true identity, and you're going to love this, mm-hmm. as, as that which knows. Mm-hmm. Which, eh, I love it. I just want to pause and think about that. That which knows. That's who you are. Mm-hmm. What a relief. Mm-hmm. What a relief. Everyone listening, who you are. And the brain is like, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're like this. We're, we're, we're finite. We're burning up. We're, we're on our way out. So go by and go make your mark and, and change reality as much as you can. Because you're so scared of going away. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was I uh, saying? Tan- tantra. Oh, he says that's only one half of the picture. If you if you can be self realized, that's great. And he goes, that's half of it. The other half is how do you interact and engage with this world, yeah. with human beings, with your emotions, and with. So he goes, yeah. in the direct path, which is non non duality, you recognize that you are not your feelings. You are the witnessing presence within. It's like an orb within which the feeling exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he's like, but with Tantra, we welcome it more and more and more and more. And we let it expand all the stuff that you and I talk about all the time. Yeah. So I can't wait to read his other stuff because he does not seem like a guy that's just floating on a pillow. Yeah. I mean, like he he's he's here. He's yeah. alive. Right. Yes, I love that. And a great practice for that is, for me, is RAIN, which we've talked about before. But that's uh, a practice that you can do really with any feeling. It's recommended to do it with like strong or difficult feelings. But you can do it with joy, too. But this is, it's the, an acronym, recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. And yeah. then, What? It's not an acronym? No, but you said an acronym. I said it's an acronym. It's an acronym. It's an acronym. 
I love you. It's an acronym. It wasn't for my own pleasure, Bubba. It was, it was I because did. I was like, I know you know that word, and I don't. I don't want anyone. Did I say it's an anacronym? This is so stupid. It's an acronym. <laughs> See, I just said what you said, and it sounded like what I thought you said, which I thought needed this interjection, which it did not. <laughs> okay. It's an acronym. R stands for. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go start the car. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm I'm out of here. <laughs> Please, no, I want I want you to say. Um, it's mean a mean it. <laughs> Please, please stay. <laughs> I do mean it. Um, so recognize, you recognize the feeling. Allow, you allow it to be there more and more and more. Um, investigate, that's that's somatic. So what does this feel like in my body? And then nurture, so you're meeting it with compassion and, and asking it what it needs from you and nurturing it. And then this is the key part. After you do all of that, it's called after the rain where you realize you just by the by doing those things you've created space between you and that feeling mm. and and you've created space between you and the stories about that feeling so then after the rain is where you realize that you are that space where it's all happening mm. and you just sit in that but it's gone well, through it. your heart it's yeah. gone through your body and then it's gone through your heart by nurturing it. So it's just this like warm love pool. Here's what it is. When I was at work and somebody who uh, makes me uneasy was next to me, um, I do what you're talking about. Mm. I do the more thing. Mm. And I do Byron Katie's practice, which is called the work. And I always uncover uh, some absurd belief, which is like, let's say... Uh, I, I can't think of a good example, but it, it, usually the belief is like, people should know what I'm thinking even if I don't say it. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. if you break down why you're Yeah, upset, we all have insane... You have an insane, yeah. broken... This is the if filibustering you, mind. That's what I was going to say. If you call your brain out, yeah. which is what the work does, you can get to the real insanity of it. Yeah. But that's not the end of the work because then you're just... What are you left with? Just being kind of like, oh yeah, my brain is an no, then unreliable you narrator. It. Yeah, you accept then it. You accept it. Then you go, okay, body. What do you have to say about this? That's We've right. heard the brain. And and all of these practices, I practices. Practices. I, I know you guys have heard us talking about the work for a long time, and and one of the reasons I don't talk about it as overtly anymore is because what Katie says is true, which is it becomes part of your reflex. You can rewire your reflexive response to emotions. Uh, her book, Loving What Is, is the book that I recommend. Mm. It's also um, A Thousand Names for Joy is great, but Loving What Is is the one to start with. But anyway, in the same way, it, through conversations like this, I've started to get excited when I have an emotion, mm -hmm. whereas I think before it was like, even, even really negative ones. Mm -hmm. I had one, eh, I won't tell the story, but I... I I really felt like someone was um, embarrassing me, which is always, uh, and for not a good reason. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to get me going, it's when I'm trying to stay in a funny place. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep a momentum going of performance. And then I felt like someone had embarrassed me. And, and then it's the worst case scenario when you're upset. But then we can have like an Eminem coding on that upset, which is, and I'm right. Mm. And I'm right, mm -hmm. which is like, 
it's like you're 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 stealing from yourself. Like your but your brain gets so excited. It's like I deserve to be upset. I'm not saying there's not a, a, a healthy way to be like, I'm going to communicate this or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about the suffering. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the resistance to that feeling. And then, and I'm right in it. And you're, you're it's like being it's in like a swamp or something. It's like pushing on your gums when you have like a wound. Yeah. It's that kind of like, eh, like it feels good, but it's, it's pain. And isn't it better <laughs> to just run clean and go like, okay. What is going on? I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then you can do the work and go like, did they mean to embarrass me? No. Well, then my belief is people should know what embarrasses me, mm-hmm. which you can go like, is that true? Mm-hmm. No, that's not true. And and what, what they did isn't universally embarrassing. So mm-hmm. so people should be able to read my mind. Is that true? No. And But like yeah. more importantly, what you're saying with rain is the swelling and you and to bring Rupert back into it, you see how not infinite they are. Yes. And you were there the whole time. Yes. That is the definition of power yeah. and spaciousness. And by spaciousness, I mean like just like a Teflon quality. Mm-hmm. It was there. That's why the question, what were you worried about or what were you upset about last week mm-hmm. or yesterday mm-hmm. or this morning? Mm-hmm. It's gone, but you are still here. So focus on what stays, not not all of this illusory, temporary nonsense. And when you and when you really zoom in on your feelings as sensations in the body, you notice that they they peak and pass just like contractions. It's such a lovely design that our bodies know to like hit the gas, let it go, and then and then hit the brakes and give you some time to rest yep. and I was having really big waves of fear a couple times throughout the silence where I think my body was just releasing the trauma of surgery um, but I was I was able to notice that it was a story arc that it would rise and rise and rise and really peak and I'd get really scared and my brain would swoop in and go this is bad this is taking us over this is going to get worse and worse and worse and then I would literally put my hand on my head and mm. say, oh, I know, thank you. You're just trying to protect us. It's okay. Let the body do what it's going to do. And then I would start to get less intense and then I would get a break. Mm. And then I would try to feel the relief of that break just as much as I was feeling the intensity. Oh, that's great. You really sense into the relief. And then the next time it, it started to increase i go okay i know how this story goes it's gonna peak and pass it's so when you zoom in on your feelings because what the what happens is the brain kidnaps a feeling and then it goes oh we are anxious i'm an anxious person i'm always anxious here are the here's the rolodex back in the court yeah Yeah, that i this the whole case the file that i have of being an anxious person and it's completely hijacked that so then the body goes okay I guess we're anxious. Let's sound the alarm. We're this. We're believing the story that the brain's telling you, and then it makes this. It makes this feel this feeling that was going to peak and pass feel like it's just this stagnant thing, right? Which is why we slow down and zoom in and let it. I, I was just very dismissive of feelings. I want to be clear. Not oh. not dismissive of feelings. Yeah. Let it let it rise. Let it play. That's the existential kink thing too. Of like. 
hey, we're all just God and drag having a human experience. So don't deny it. Like you're just yeah, charging it up anyway. Let it come it. and we're wash here. over you. Let's and do it. Be embarrassed. Be mad. Yeah. Be, be uh, whatever. Like yeah. play it. But just don't overplay it, I guess, to the point where you start suffering. Well, Here's, don't identify with it. Because it's only going to drag you down, really. It's for your own yeah. It's for your own. Experience day. it and feel it, but... but then let it go. It's just part of the story. It's not the, the whole thing. This is the other way I, I'm going to say that we're similar, even though I'm top down and you're bottom up. Um, I, I make a grinder profile and I'm like, I'm bottom up. <laughs> Wait, is that okay? You can say yeah. you're a bottom. I can say yeah. I'm a bottom. Yeah. In this scenario, I am a gay man on, a, on an app and I say I'm a bottom up. But as a like a wink to my intellect. Okay, forget it. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't think oh, there's boy. anything wrong with that. No, I don't either. I, I'm just thinking the time that is spent now that I'm like, what's that? And then and you then get that, really defensive and yeah. then it seems like it should be offended. Oh, let's rain. Okay. I got a little panicked <sighs> because I don't want to be uh, misquoted or misunderstood. Okay, allow it. Yeah. and I, I can, But, you know, I do feel it like um, it does feel like two ice hands on either side of my stomach mm. sort of pushing in like cold hands. That's really hands. good. That's really good investigating. Okay. What does it need from you? It needs to get the fuck out of here, dude. Get out of here. <laughs> well, that's not compassionate. <laughs> no, it. I don't know what it, I, I don't know if. It has a need. I'll, I'll see. So here are just some ideas of nurturing. If you don't know what it needs from you, you can place your hand where you feel it the most. And that's just kind of, or like give it a little love pat. You can say something to it in your mind like, yes, I see you. You're trying to protect me. Thank you. Mm. I see you. You're here. Um, well, that's what it needed is yeah. understanding. It just It wanted to go like, we're safe, right? Jennifer Madaka, the the therapist to the stars, <laughs> my therapist, mm. says all feelings just want to be cradled. Love, need. Yeah. yeah. Here's what I was going to say, though, was the other way that you and I are similar, grinder joke, is <laughs> that when I um, recognize that everything, like, for example, everything in this room is occurring in my knowing. Mm-hmm. And I know this table because I touch it, but the touch itself is actually known by knowing. Mm-hmm. So I think I know it because I'm touching it with my hand. I'm like, hand knows. Nope. Sensation goes through hand into knowing and is known by knowing. So everything is known by knowing. Yep. <laughs> when I do that, very heady exercise, admittedly, it's because it gives me a feeling. And puts me in a in a state. Yeah. So it's not exactly wow. a feeling. But why did I start reading that book again? It's because every like stanza, it's written a little bit like poetry, like the paragraphs are broken up to cause you to pause, mm. to pause cause, mm-hmm. is because it goes in the same way that like you making dinner with your friends goes. I'm, I'm like, this is, yes. a, I experience self-realization which i think i experience uh in fragments Mm -hmm. or i guess you could say they're temporary Mm -hmm. uh, meaning i haven't had like a last you know what i'm saying but when i have those times where i know who i am Mm -hmm. my entire body relaxes yeah it regulates rupert even says that like when the big and I, I, I'm hesitant to call it the big conversion happens, like enlightenment. He's so cool. He's always like, 
It's the most natural thing in the world. Yeah. Stop making it sound like it's it's weird. Right. It's only weird mm-hmm. that you forgot. Like, it's weird that you forgot that the movie is playing on a screen. Mm-hmm. It's the most natural thing in the world to recognize that there's a screen. Yeah. And that the screen is the way that the movie is known and is what, how the movie exists. That's when you really get into the juice, is you realize that, as Meister Eckhart said, the eyes with which I look at God are the same eye that looks back at me. Mm-hmm. It's like there's only one knowing. Yeah. How how could there be more than more than one? There's there is knowing. Yeah. And you, evidenced by you knowing, are an agent of that knowing. Mm-hmm. It becomes yes. so clear sometimes. And when it's clear, not emotional holdbacks in mm-hmm. my body are released. Mm-hmm. I I. I sink into a place it's like coming home Mm -hmm. and that is experienced in my body it's experienced in my face yeah and not to be too much of a fanboy for rupert although that ship has sailed (laughs) if you watch him on youtube especially there's some later clips that are these well lit he's reading from his book or whatever go on his youtube page you don't have to buy anything he just looks like somebody that Whatever was twisted got untwisted Mm -hmm. in a way. I feel like as a mammal, I'm like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if we were uh, otters, we would know the one that like is a little bit off. You can know the one that's like, this is, this is a healthy otter. He just feels healthy inside. I'm just, I'm fanboying out too I love that. No, that's great. But Um, it's, it's, it's experience in the body. Yes. And so I was just listening to Jack's, Jack Cornfield's book, A Wise Heart, which is his book on Buddhist psychology. And I happened to listen to, it wasn't even what I was, the section I was meant to listen to, but it happened to be all about consciousness. So I was really thinking about this a lot this morning. And two things about that. One is he was saying, you know, Western materialism thinks that con- consciousness is just in the brain. It's, just, it's made of matter. It's Yeah, exactly. It's a phenomenon made by matter. Yeah. yeah. And then Buddhism is, is positing that it is, the brain is more like the, uh, the VCR that is playing the tape or the, the uh, like your whole thing about awareness is the screen. It's yeah. the screen. Yeah. It's the screen. So it's all happening. Um, through this system, but it is this thing that exists in other systems. You know, so like I don't you know, quite I'm looking understand. at a bird, awareness is happening through that bird. That's the same awareness that's happening through this system. Yes. But it's like a vehicle. through a bird system. We are exactly. vehicles for awareness. Yeah. yeah. So that was just one point that made me think of that. Yeah. The other is um, that I, I, I think I had learned this, but I forgot that in Buddhist psychology there are two sort of sides to consciousness. One, it's like waves and particles. So, or consciousness can act just like how light can have waves and particles. Consciousness can act uh, like waves and particles using that example. So consciousness can be vast. This is the consciousness you're talking about. It's, this is one side of consciousness where it is vast. It is, perfectly okay Mm. it is happy it's at peace nothing changes it then the other particle the zoomed in consciousness is the consciousness through which 
we experience sensation, touch, experience this world, and it does change and it paints how we're experiencing the world. Mm. So when I'm in a trauma mindset or my limbic brain is is um, activated, I'm in a fight or flight, that is running through this consciousness that's changing how I'm seeing the whole world, then I'm experiencing the world as a dangerous place. Mm -hmm. Everything is a threat. My consciousness in the zoomed in part has changed and it's playing. Rupert would say that's the movie on the screen and and we forget our screenness because we're lost in the drama of the movie. Yes. And and Buddhism would agree with that. It would say that the big consciousness that's the screen that's always okay is always there. And isn't, stained or colored no matter what's happening on the it's movie. like a mirror no matter what i have to think in the old days they would say mirror because they didn't have movies but they yeah. would be like in the same way that a mirror reflects reality but it itself has never changed exactly so is your consciousness yeah but i think maybe just the difference is that buddhism would call even the movie consciousness it's just no particle. he Rupert would say nothing exists that isn't consciousness mm. in the same way that the movie can't exist without the screen. Mm. And the, the movie is actually made of the screen. Oh, okay. The movie is the screen. Yeah. Like, show me a movie without the screen. You need a screen. Right. So it's projected onto awareness by awareness as awareness. Mm. That's when you really get into the insensibility. But that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, let, me, let me put it this way uh, before we get out of here. Is that right? Yeah. It seems like, at least in the mystical practices, the mystical traditions of every major or every faith, is this understanding that we've been saying. The eye that I look out at God is the same eye that looks at me, meaning awareness is the core mystery, Mm -hmm. and God is a metaphor for that knowing, that outside of time, outside of is or isn't, just always is infinite spacious awareness Mm -hmm. the the question i'll leave with everybody and take with myself because it's a joy to explore and it's safe and it's fun and it's funny and it's interesting and it's peaceful is if all of these traditions exist Mm -hmm. that say that god is inside your heart looking Mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. wouldn't you like to take a peek (laughs) like if it's there Mm -hmm. take a moment to explore Mm -hmm. and and in rupert's words it's not that huge of a revelation you just go like oh my god when i say i i mean knowing being itself Mm -hmm. and that so what i'm saying is when you think about wouldn't you like to be god or wouldn't you like to feel what it feels like to be god um there's there's a way to get in touch with beingness, which I think God is a, meta, a metaphor for. Mm. It's funny, even as I'm talking about that, I still have like a blasphemeter where I'm <laughs> like, I don't want to say we're God. Yeah. But like, I, I want to say that uh, we are knowing. Mm-hmm. And then by the transitive property, I'm going to say, and God is knowing. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can fit, if you show your work, you can show my, my, Christ, my Christian <laughs> blasphemy. But I, I, I think that's, and Rupert says the same thing. When Jesus says, I and the Father are one, he's saying the fundamental nature of me is the same as the fundamental nature of all things, including this universe. Everything in this universe is run by the same unseen 
spacious force. Yeah. And that, and that's 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 why when I asked Rob Bell, I was like, "What do you think Jesus would say if he came back?" He said, "What are you doing still talking about me?" Mm. Because it's it's you that need to maybe right now close your eyes and go, "How am I hearing this? Mm. How am I hearing this? When you touch something, how am I? Where does that accumulate? Mm-hmm. And is that is that knowing okay?" Question mm-hmm. mark. Yeah, and just to add concluding argument not argument but thoughts from the feminine mystic perspective because this episode should be called i'm a little bit country (laughs) you're a little bit rock and roll Um, thanks for making me rock and roll yeah um i i would say that the feminine mystic relationship to awareness and that oneness of like this is all being this is all god is through devotion is through relationship so that's where jesus or buddha or any ramdas maharaji any any really anybody (laughs) that helps you get there uh is is still useful as a devotional relationship heart opening sort of loving um relationship i hate to say relationship again but and as mirabai puts it you have your relationship with your beloved and then you merge and realize that you were the same thing oh my god that's a great poem i have a poem Woo. um okay i started Looking for you, not knowing how lovers don't truly. <laughs> like this is I'm how just you, writing in. This is how you read the poem. It's a roomy. Typing it. It's a roomy. It's a roomy. We got a roomy here. I hate when they do this. Me too. This happens. I want the whole time. poem. All right. Th- this is. You could probably yeah, that, go back. That's and, good. Is that the, no? Okay. That's that's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just go back and so I bet there'll be another one. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, this might be just a short poem. Oh, it could be. Yeah. It is a short poem. But it's roomy. And guys, thank you. It's so wonderful to have you back, Valerie. Thank you, my love. I was very excited. I've calmed down. <laughs> I'm now going to read this roomy poem. And uh, the, this was our new uh, mics. I hope it sounded nice. Yeah. Because Val was listening to the Ben Schwartz episode, and I was like, why do I sound like he was on a microphone and I was on a can with a string tied to it? (laughs) Uh, So hopefully this sounds better. And hopefully all the episodes will sound better. Although they're backlogged, so it'll take a while to catch up to when I'm using the... Okay, whatever. (laughs) Here is the uh, poem. Poem. All right. Okay. So short, I'm going to milk it. (laughs) Okay. The minute I heard my first love story, I started looking for you, not knowing how blind that was. Lovers don't finally meet somewhere. They're in each other all along. And what we've been talking about for the past whatever hour or so is that that's literally true. Which brings me to my favorite thing to say is like, if I'm dying and I say to you, who, let's be honest, I'm going first. (laughs) Ten years older, so... <laughs> I'll always... I'm always with you. Mm-hmm. I mean that as literally as I mean 
fire trucks are red. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like Moana's grandma. But that's why don't we just whistle bullshit when when Moana's grandma is like, "I'm always with you." Or there's nowhere you can go that I won't be there. Yeah, because I think deep in our our spiritual intuition, we know that that's that's the way it is. Moana, everybody. Keep it crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice game make you haters wanna get